0: Big Look, Ben. Dropper, loser. I want to help. Well, that's very nice, but it's kind of a bad time right now.
1: A bad time right now. It's a bad time. Okay, I, I just flew all the way to London to offer my help ben, and and what now you decided you just you don't need it.
0: You're the one who's making a scene right now.
1: I I'm not making a scene right now. No, we want to make a scene. Well, then fine. If that's what you want. Then let's have it out right now. So subtle. Oh, let me guess. It's the wrong time. It's the wrong place. I'm wrong again. Wrong about us. Wrong about Thomas Gates. Wrong that you like the Queen Anne chair. Hey, everybody. I'm Joel Murphy. And I'm Andy McIntyre. And this is Silver Linings Playback, the podcast where we watch maligned movies and we look for their silver lining. And we are continuing Nick Cage month uh,
0: with our second installment. And this time we are going to get right to the point and say we're talking about National Treasure 2, Book of Secrets.
1: Yeah, because obviously National Treasure is a national treasure. So we had to go to Book. You know, to part two, Book of Secrets, to to find them aligned. Right.
0: Yeah. Because National Treasure is, is a flawless movie that won every award known to man.
1: And, uh, there's, it's
0: unassailable in every way, shape, or form. A lot of people so forget
1: we, that's what Nicolas Cage won his Academy Award for was his performance in National Treasure.
0: Yeah. They, uh, and it's weird that it, he won his Academy Awards six years before that movie came out, and but they were uh, like they, re- they retroactively were like, "No, yeah, this yeah. is." They were like, "This, this is movie is. is
1: the best performance of the last six years." Yeah, and they gave it to him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 oh man, that's been the show, everybody. So that's it. We did it. Uh yeah. So this movie. I Do you want to try to describe the plot? Because I'm not sure I can. But I, I feel like maybe that's the place to start.
0: All right. So this is National Treasure 2, Book of Secrets. Uh, and we find out that uh, Benjamin Gates' great-great-grandfather may or may not have been involved in the conspiracy to assassinate uh, Abraham Lincoln. And we cut to a modern day where uh Benjamin Franklin Gates, as played by Nick Cage, is giving a lecture about various historical Michigas, and then uh, Ed Harris shows up and decides at this point in time, you know, to not immediately after Ben Ga- uh Ben Gates becomes famous, several years later when he's sort of fallen a little bit on down on his luck to now reveal, you know, kick him while he's down and say that uh his father or his great-great-grandfather was involved in the assassination attempt of Lincoln. Uh, then they go on a globe trotting, uh, action packed thrill ride to find a bunch of stuff. Desks. to
1: specifically find some
0: desks across the globe so that they can find some other stuff and then go to a place Mm -hmm. and have an Indiana Jones movie. But like the
1: one with Shia LaBeouf, I think.
0: Right. Yeah. No, the, the, the fourth one, um,
1: Minus the CGI monkeys. Uh, this movie could have used CGI monkeys. I've said that about literally every movie <laughs> that we've talked about on this podcast. But yeah, for sure. Could have used um, some. But yeah, they go places and do things. Also, sorry, and- if I can put in a pin in it, because in case anyone in the future ever asks for that, I'm going to just refer him to this episode. The silver lining of that Indiana Jones movie is the monkeys. That's it. <laughs> we did it. <laughs>
0: So two episodes in one, folks. You got you double go. <laughs> double your time's worth. Uh, we did the silver linings of National Treasure 2 and Kingdom of the Crystal Skull mm-hmm. all at once. Yep. We did it. Um, but yeah, so, so they go around and they they go to places, they do things. Um, stuff happens that is oddly underreacted to.
1: Most then, of the movie, honest. Everyone's pretty chill in this movie. Yeah, like it's just...
0: And this is a Nick Cage movie. So, um, from the intro, you heard probably the most Nick Cage scene of this movie. Which is why we picked it. <laughs> yeah, and it's... Um, you watch Nick Cage movies for those outbursts. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you know, it's, it's those great
1: moments. And we got one in this one. Uh, didn't have
0: one last week with uh, USS
1: Indianapolis. No, the closest that we got was that speech we used at the top of the show last week where he's kind of addressing everyone, but it's still... As you discussed a lot in that episode, pretty understated, Nicholas Cage wise, yeah, which is
0: overstated compared to a lot of other actors, but not what we're uh, there for, yeah, as the um, audience. Yeah, this is this is a movie where uh, I think Nicholas Cage Nicholas Cage is this movie pretty much all the way through, um, and yeah, and it's. I will say compared to some of the other movies that we've watched uh, throughout this thing, it's very competently made. That's yeah. not a silver lining, but yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Len Turtletaub or Brian Turtletaub, whatever his name is, the director. Like it's like there are no glaring like technical errors or anything like that. It's it's a soundly made film. It's It's well produced, well, well shot. Things look pretty. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Unlike last week's movie that was rather
0: poorly made.
1: Yeah. I mean, and again, budget wise, night and day for these two movies. Oh, completely
0: night and day. And this movie didn't have any CGI sharks and it probably could have used them.
1: Again, yeah. CGI monkeys and CGI sharks. Just more, just as a general note, very underwhelming on the CGI animal front.
0: Yeah, and, uh, and you know there are plenty of places. There could have been CGI bats in the cave under Mount Vernon. Mm-hmm. There, there could have been the CGI sharks in the, the the Cibola, the City of Gold, under Mount Rushmore.
1: Yeah, yeah. When, Why not? When uh, was that? I think it was in England, right? When the the bad guys jumped into the water. I mean, famously, there's not really sharks there uh, no. in, in London, but maybe maybe there was one. You maybe know? there was. Yeah, yeah. There there are sharks in the North Atlantic. They could have found
0: their way you know, any number of rivers. Or maybe some sort of... Maybe maybe Nessie.
1: Yeah, that would have been good.
0: Went on an excursion down to Old London Town from I'm, her home. Or
1: what if Nessie was actually a clue? Like, what if there was a... Why not? What if Nessie wasn't real, but was like a, a robot with a scroll inside? I'd be fine with it. It would have fit, I think. I, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't have been that big of a logical leap. Yeah. But yeah, so let's... Let's try to examine because the National Treasure, they're a fascinating franchise to me because they're definitely Indiana Jones influenced for sure. Oh, yeah, definitely. But then also influenced by the Goonies, the the Goonies. Yes. Uh, But also like there's some Da Vinci Code in there because like I feel like when the first one came out, that was when we were all in that Da Vinci Code fever. And so the idea of like historical documents having clues embedded in them is very Da Vinci code. Yeah. And like worldwide conspiracies to
0: lead people to solving them, you know, like, like a cinematic serial killer. Yeah. Where they're leaving clues, like the Riddler or something um, that they want people to know about these things. So they leave clues that are reason, like basically uh, Nicholas Cage just has to play
1: a one man pattern game and he eventually figures it out. Well, that's okay. So let's at the top get into the fact that one of the major flaws, at least for me of this movie is the point is supposed to be that like Nicholas Cage is a genius who is the only person who can solve this stuff. But the things never seem that hard to solve. <laughs> like they're, they're usually pretty A to A,
0: you know? Yeah. Like when, when he's figuring out the combination that the, the Resolute Desk, um, I was like, well, let's try this date. All right, let's try the second most obvious date.
1: And, and it literally, works. like the guy that's like his, you know, his tech guy that that's helping him out. I I swear, it looks like he just goes to a Wikipedia page to like find out the day that the <laughs> queen was born. <laughs> like, literally, that's the level of research that they're doing. Is just well, let's let's check her wiki real quick and and see. Dates that might be put into a desk. With, C- <laughs> I mean, and like from the start of this movie, because it it opens with what is the the cipher, the, and you get this information that there is a cipher, and without the cipher, it is impossible to decode this message. Which but, is how ciphers work. Yeah, yeah. I mean that, but the clue to uh, to unpacking the cipher is what is the toll that every man must pay. And it was like, death. It's death. Like, that's obviously death. Like, that's not... It's not the uh, Baltimore Harbor Tunnel? That's every man in the East Coast must pay.
0: Ah, uh, every man traveling on Route 95 north yeah. or south has to pay. That's yeah. right. The other famous riddle. Um,
1: yeah. The, uh, nah. And then you get into two... So, part of the problem is... So, there's there's two desks. There's one... Uh, in Buckingham Palace and then there's one in the White House and they both have the... Ex- so he, They di- They make the decision that they're, the answer to those riddles is the same. It's the same date for both of them and they each have half of the clue but the problem with this too is then it's revealed that I believe they say Calvin Coolidge so since Coolidge the American side has actually found this secret in their desk and decoded it But it never occurred to them to try to get... To check the other Resolute desk. Yeah, to get the other half of the clue. And you want to talk about
0: impossible to crack codes. Uh, They talk about two Resolute twins
1: separated by an ocean. Right, which is suspect for a number of reasons, not the least of which is the fact that they're translating from French. So, like... Like the fact that the French policeman used the word "resolute" in his translation that's fortunate,
0: yeah, it's uh, um huh, yeah, there's and then, like,
1: yeah, all the clues were just super on the nose, yeah, it's there was nothing that was difficult to solve that would justify you know. <laughs> Uh, well, we had to call in Ben. What is it, Benjamin Franklin? What's his last name? Uh, Gates. We had to call in Benjamin Franklin Gates. He's the he's the best at uh, cracking codes. Okay, Ben, why did the chicken cross the road? <laughs> to get to the other side. <laughs> like that's where they're at with the. Oh, so we just turned the book over? <laughs> it was on the back. It was actually the clue was on the back. We didn't think to look at it. <laughs> Thank God for Benjamin Franklin Gates. We couldn't have done it without him. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, and so they have various adventures with Ed Harris trying to get revenge for being killed at the end of The Rock.
1: Yeah, uh, he's he's pretty fired up about it. You know, um,
0: decides to come back with very stereotypical evil goon henchmen uh, and then they eventually like kind of work
1: together, but kind of don't. Okay. Can when we, they, all right. So let's talk about Ed Harris's plan for a minute. Okay. So he need he's trying to find this city of gold. That's his whole jam for some reason. I, his motivations is worse. It's a city of gold. I would like a city of gold, but that's not he wanted to discover it. He didn't seem to want the gold. He wanted the credit for the gold, but so he, he seems to know that he needs the help uh, as we just demonstrated the only man for the job is Benny Frank uh, Gates like obviously that's Benny Frank G- Gates yeah BF Gates is the man to call to solve your riddles one why did you frame his great great grandfather like that seems unnecessary and just mean uh, yeah, I, like when I
0: want people to do things for me, I I usually will disparage a relative of theirs
1: because then they'll start. have no choice but to well, help. Disparage a relative of theirs and do it face to face so that they know that it's me, a person they were unaware of, so that in the future, every time they see me, they hate me. It's a good starting point for a negotiation. But like, you know what I mean? There, I had a lot of that watching this movie of like, just give him like. Tip him off that there's a city of gold and sit back because he doesn't know that you're the one who tipped him off and watch him work and then show up at the la- like because he does a thing which was the smartest thing he does, which is he, they break into his dad's house and clone his cell phone, which the, the genius protagonist of this movie never figures out that no not at all and just continues to be like hey dad i got that clue here's the answer to it here's where i will be at this exact time to use the information that i have i'm telling you this over a telephone yeah it's so but like i there was always like every time you know bf gates would go somewhere they would, sh- Ed Harris and his goons would show up and, like, try to kill him. And I was like, kill him at the end. Like, wait. Like, yeah, let him do- restraint, man. Well, because also he's the one breaking into these, like, high security areas and, like, putting himself at risk. You, it would be way smarter as the villain to just let yeah, him do all through that. Through the course
0: of the movie, because he breaks into Buckingham Palace, the White House, the Library of Congress, and then kidnaps the president in Mount Vernon. Mm-hmm. Like, those are all crimes that would put you in jail for a long, long time.
1: And how he is okay at the end is also rather suspect. But yeah. I also, I really didn't, like, to be honest, I really didn't even track with it because I didn't, maybe I missed it, but I didn't even really get how any of this was going to clear his grandfather, his great-great-grandfather's name except for the fact that, like, that was his, his story was like, I was trying to find a treasure. So like there, I guess there was a tenuous logic that to prove that he was honest about the treasure would then clear his name. But I, I don't know why the two things were separate yeah, from one still, another. Yeah, it,
0: it doesn't check out because it just doesn't because. Okay. Yeah. He, he knew, knew that about there it. was in fact a, tr- a lost city of gold that Stibola actually exists and everything it just
1: doesn't mean that he didn't also yeah he could have done try both. to kill lincoln yeah he could have known about this treasure and been a co-conspirator like there there is nothing about the city that proves that he didn't help to take out lincoln right not not one
0: yeah it it's it doesn't make a lot of sense um also it's super easy
1: to kidnap the president apparently super easy you just, just kind of go hey you want to see these tunnels which like you know what i want to make fun of it but it's you know without without being talking about the current yeah. events maybe that's plausible yeah it might it might be um <laughs> yeah honestly uh, you know what again i don't want to get political with it but i think if it was our current president you could literally just walk up to him and be like Hey, I heard that you have a really secret book that, uh, and I love you as the president and think you're great. And my favorite book is the art of the deal, but I think my second favorite book would be this Might secret Might be book, this one. If you don't mind sharing it. <laughs> also, I'm Kid Rock, so I'm already in the Oval Office. <laughs> right. Secretary of the Interior, Kid Rock. <laughs> anyway.
0: Um, Yeah. And I thought they picked a great hiding place for the book. That was cool. The library. Yeah, you hide it in the library. Like, who would think to look for it there? Who would think to look for a book in the library? Not me, for sure. Um, And uh, we also got... But proof. hey,
1: look, look. I know you're mocking that, but the plan was foolproof. Because it wasn't just sitting there on the shelf. That's you had true. to remove another book to find out that there was clearly a vault. <laughs> right, that's true. Um, so as long as no one ever touched any of the books in the library, they'll never find. Never once. Yeah. Um. Yeah, we also got proof that Nicolas Cage does have a really good memory for numbers. I I have a weird anxiety when I watch movies like this where I'm like, if that was me as the protagonist, I would have like gotten out of there and then met up with everybody else and be like, yeah, the president told us where to go. It was like a series of numbers. (laughs) There's definitely a two. Yeah, maybe a four. Yeah, I I, just that's not hard, right? We just randomly enter numbers.
0: Yeah, definitely not. Um, it, It all it's all ridiculous. Yep. Super super ridiculous.
1: And then also, so I mean, again, you have this whole thing where. Ed Harris is just, you know, he, he keeps trying to kill the guy who's doing all the work before, even though he needs him. But then when it gets to the part that it would make sense to now threaten him is the part where he goes, you know what? You have all the ne- negotiating power here. So I will leave my goons behind. I will leave my weapon behind and I'll go with you and your group of loyalists and family who outnumber me into this strange cave with you know. Yeah. Like that, that it all makes perfect sense. <laughs> it's the exact opposite of how I would do the plan if I was the villain, but sure. Why not? Yeah, because he's earned a begrudging respect. But no, that comes even later. It's he's still No, he was so impressed. No, wait, because that comes later too. I was gonna be like, maybe he was so impressed by the fact that he figured out the like, what if we just dump water on the sand clue? Yeah. And then they see the eagle.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And. Uh,
0: and then he had this to This movie sti- has Helen Murren in it, too.
1: <laughs> it does. <laughs> this movie, look, I, I don't know if we're at the silver lining part, but this movie has an all-star
0: cast. It really, I mean, it, it has. Everybody in this cast has done very good work.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, and look, I'll sit here all day and explain to you why his character was really stupid and, like, didn't make any sense. I loved everything Ed Harris did. I thought he was great, like, as the nonsensical villain.
0: Yeah, Ed Harris, he can play, like, the no-nonsense hero and no-nonsense villain simultaneously. And mm-hmm. it's, it, it's simultaneously having all the range and none of the range. Yeah. And that's it.
1: And I I sincerely can't think of a better casting for southern villain who <laughs> has ties to, you know, the the south in the civil war and wants to frame an innocent man <laughs> for killing yeah. Lincoln. I I buy it as Ed Harris. I think that's that's reasonable. But he was good. Um, I did enjoy Helen Mirren. Yeah, I think she's a delight. Mhm. I Bruce Greenwood as the president like good stuff yeah Bruce Greenwood I feel like he's an underrated actor um oh yeah I'm a big fan of his work
0: because I feel like he didn't really like he's someone that like aged into the parts that he was good at playing where like he's distinguished like yeah, he later needed, middle-aged gentleman is, is his niche
1: yeah and, no I, I I totally agree he needed some years on him before he could start playing those roles um
0: yeah you know in yeah, I think I think he did a great job as president. He felt presidential. Yeah. Um. Uh. Justin Bartha was in the movie. That's true. You can't take that away from him.
1: Um. And was fine. Hmm. John Voight also showed up. He he was there. He said dialogue when he was asked to. Yep. Diane Kruger. Hmm.
0: Um. Had to. Play someone annoyed by Nicolas Cage's antics. Nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ty Burrell, who, uh, when you say a name and picture a person, I don't think there's an actor that's further apart.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I put a also p- in the movie. Put a pin in Ty Burrell, though, because uh, a- as we move through, um, you know, some of these silver linings, I. It's not him necessarily, but he was certainly adjacent to my one of my silver linings. So, yeah, we'll definitely
0: stick a pin in Ty Burrell. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think that's it for I mean, those. Those are all. I mean, if not a list, except for Justin Bartha, like, but he was in the Hangover franchise that made tons of money.
1: Yeah, he was the guy that. It wasn't in the movie. That wasn't in the first movie, but then they had to put in subsequent movies. But he was also not involved in their antics in the subsequent movies. No, but they also couldn't just make every movie about him disappearing. Right. I, I would. they should have. Or they should have written him out, but yeah.
0: I think it's, I, I don't know, I just say go all in and say, oh, he's missing again?
1: <laughs> why, why not? Also, maybe we should save this for when we inevitably do the Hangover 3 on this show. <laughs> That's true. We'll hold off that, um, but
0: at the same time, though, Justin Bartha is a good actor, or can be a good actor.
1: Um, I'll say that saw, he was decent in this role. Like,
0: yeah, I, I enjoyed his sort of like put upon, where he always is trying to, you know, be the cool guy, and it just never works. When like, it was I like, I like the little he had the Indiana Jones hat on his standee at the bookstore, and you know, all that stuff was cute.
1: I'll say it's one of the better subplots in the movie is the idea that Nicolas Cage is now famous because of the first National Treasure movie and no one knows that Justin Bartha was involved right that's a good bit like that's it is a good bit yeah is there anything else
0: that that bears maligning about this movie
1: are we ready to pivot to the silver linings I think I think I'm good. I, I don't have any more notes. I'm like I'm scanning, but I, yeah. Uh, there's
0: nothing else. Um, yeah, nothing else to really. So let's get to let's get to the silver linings. Okay.
1: So I, I already said Ed Harris, but just just to reiterate, Ed, Ed Harris. Yeah, often a silver lining in mm-hmm. movies that he's in. Uh, Helen Mirren too. Like
0: she's delightful. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know that she's delightful enough in this movie to make her a silver line, the way she is in like red or something like that, but. Or even, uh,
1: later era
0: fast and furious movies. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but she's, she's a great actress and, mm-hmm. you know, um,
1: gives, uh, gives a good performance and is believable in everything she does. Oh, you know who we forgot to mention? I don't even think he's a silver lining, but we didn't talk about the fact that Harvey Keitel is in this movie. Oh, that's right, is Sadusky. Yeah. Yeah, Harvey Keitel, another
0: great actor
1: that doesn't do anything. No, he needed to be more the wolf in this movie. If you're going to make him the guy who knows everything, like give him more commanding presence. He he should just always be Winston Wolf. Yeah, no, this is best character. <laughs> yeah.
0: Anyway, so silver linings. You said let's go. Let's get to your Ty Burrell one because we've already teased it. Let's not drag it out anymore.
1: Okay. So since I mentioned it, uh, and and it kind of it ties into the the clip in the beginning. To me, legitimately, I loved both scenes where Nicolas Cage and uh, I'm sorry, what's her name? The um, Diane Kruger. Diane Kruger had to create distractions to get to the desks, like. And so the first one was the argument in Buckingham Palace, which was really fun. And again, best moment for me in the movie is watching Nicolas Cage like wave his arms around and stomp down the steps. And and we we cut it off. But like when he starts yelling at the the guards and just throwing like British insults at them, I, I really like I'm, I did like that. Yeah. It's like, I'm sporty. <laughs> yeah, because again, that's what I want from a Nicholas, a ridiculous Nicholas Cage movie is him to be absolutely over the top and insufferable, and he did that in that scene. I, the L one wasn't as good, but I did still enjoy the business of searching for the earring, creating the distraction to yeah, get. Yeah, that the was desk. fun. So, like that stuff. Those two scenes were the probably the most fun scenes in the movie to me.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think I would agree, and I don't think that that was the filmmakers' goal. Um, no, I'm I, sure I think there that were they others. were hoping yeah. that the the uh, temple of doom at the end was more what they were hoping would be
1: the exciting stuff. Man, we we already pivoted, but I'll just say for me that 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 actually had the like as soon as they went into the the cave I my interest in the movie plummeted to be totally honest
0: yeah I mean pretty much mine too uh, I remember because when I was watching I was like oh there's still like 20 minutes left
1: <sighs> all right yeah it's I like, mean they I guess found it, it they found the thing I, I guess I'll just say that like just to yeah I, I sorry I should have said it before but yeah the the movie it, the end of this movie is not good it's not satisfying it doesn't make a lot of sense it just doesn't work. None of it works. Like, Ed Harris's motivations don't really make a lot of sense. The peril doesn't really read. The discovery doesn't really feel big. It feels like a million other movies like this that are better, like The Goonies, or early Indiana Jones movies. It just... Or even the First National Treasure. <laughs> even the First National Treasure. Like, the actual City of Gold, the second that they go underground, I didn't like it any of it to be honest i don't know i i
0: love watching people balance on a precarious platform so that they can jump to a ladder like it's a goddamn video game
1: yeah that that was good stuff also i mean the smoldering sexual chemistry between john void and helen mirren like oh, palpable you say smoldering
0: i say just full
1: on open flames yeah i in underwater like that's no easy feat
0: no, you can't really have fire underwater, but they do it. They did it, yeah. I mean, God, will they or won't they? Am I right? <laughs> again, because I mean, it's it is it is B.F. Gates' mother. Yeah. So they did before, and they and will- look what again. they produced. Yeah. So you want to make you want more of that? I can't wait. I hope the, the third one is just them dating. They'll be good. trying to reconcile. That's the whole movie. There's no na There's no national treasure. There's no Templar conspiracy or anything. Yeah. That'd be good. So, and maybe I'm misremembering, but did they mention what was on page 47 of the book of secrets?
1: No. And I even had that, that I, I went to the end. Cause I was like, maybe there's going to be like a, an Easter egg tag to the credits or something. And no. Great. That feels uh, like, a, you know what guys will write page 47 and then we'll come back to it and we'll figure out what we're what we're teasing for the next movie. Like we just we'll, we'll get to that. And then they forgot to ever come up with what the third movie would be.
0: Yeah. Um, but we're talking about the silver linings. So we got sidetracked
1: a little bit. Oh, Sorry. One more thing. <laughs> so they have a camera that they use sometimes a digital camera. Cause obviously this movie is old enough that it wasn't just an iPhone, but like they use a digital camera to get a p- photo of the like Buckingham palace driftwood <laughs> with the clue on it. Why didn't you still have that camera and just take a photo of every page of the president's book? Like you, you guys really could have, you you forgot you had it. Why didn't you take photos of the the golden underground temple while you were there? Like there was all this concern about like no one will know that I found it. We could take a photo of you in it. Right. Yeah. They forgot about their
0: camera. <clears throat> yeah, ubiquitous cameras. You know, it's, it's a forego- bygone era when cameras were not ubiquitous.
1: But it was just hilarious because, like, there's all this tech that uh, that Bartha has, like, earlier in the movie. And then they're thwarted by, like, well, we can't really look through this book full of every secret that you would ever want to know. Also, there was no reason that they couldn't just steal it, also. Right. No, Yeah, no
0: reason to say they couldn't have kept it. Uh, I love that some of the things they talked about as secrets, like, have since been actively debunked yeah like area 51 is exists and is like a weapons testing site and it's always existed yeah it's not some secret alien base which is funny because facility
1: which is funny because the way it's worded in the movie is very much like he says something about area 51 and then they're like oh that's a a myth and it's like well area 51 is not a myth like it exists Right. right what they do there is up for debate yeah there aren't aliens there, but there is, which also is weird because we've both confirmed what area 51 has done, but also the government recently has been acknowledging that there is footage of UFOs, which again, this is a weird tangent, uh, gets people jump to aliens, which is not what that means, but what it does literally mean is that there are flying objects that our government has not been able to identify that are real. So would you say that those are, Unidentified uh, flying objects. Well, right. They are UFOs by definition, but they, then people go like the government confirmed that aliens existed. And like, or Russia has, you know, drones, but sure.
0: Yeah, all of that seems plausible.
1: Yeah. Um so silver linings.
0: Okay. Let's 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 um I think this is interesting because like this movie is fine. Yeah. Like, it, it if you really start thinking about it too much is when you can start, like, pulling at things, and it's like, that doesn't make sense. Why didn't they do this? What is up with that? Uh, but it's not so out there that, like... Uh, for me, at least, like, none of it, like, took me out of the movie, necessarily. No, it's... Other than the fact that I was watching it with a reasonably critical eye, so we could talk about it. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, just... Uh, like, because compared to definitely compared to a, a lot of the movies that we we've, we've talked about already this is a fairly competently made this is like it's it's it looks good you know this the score works like all that stuff like it's it's a
1: perfectly cromulent film yeah i yeah i would totally agree with that It's it's good enough to feel yeah. watchable
0: like um back when you used to have to watch tv to consume media like if this was a movie that like happened to be on I might leave the channel there. Oh, Like man. that's that type of movie.
1: Yeah, if I was a teenager and this was on TBS with commercials, I might throw it on in the background. Yeah, 100%. Like that is that is
0: exactly this type of movie. Um so I think that that's I think that makes it harder to come up with silver linings and easier to malign it compared to some of the other movies that we've talked about.
1: Yeah, because and again, I I think the biggest knock on it is just there are, you know, everything that you would want to get out of this movie, you could just watch an Indiana Jones movie and it does it better. Or even right. if you just wanted Nicolas Cage to be Nicolas Cage, there are movies that do that better, you know? So there's nothing, right. there's nothing that really sets this movie apart, but there's also nothing terrible about it either. It's just okay. Yeah, um,
0: I thought the car chase in London was a little nonsensical, but fun. It worked and it tracked
1: like I thought, again, to your point, I think it was well shot. It it, yeah, it was a little silly. I kind of liked. And again, I think everything was way too easy in this movie. And when they were escaping from the Secret Service, like it's it it seemed like they got out pretty easily from. Yeah, there there was a fair amount of travel by edit in this movie. But I did enjoy when they were kind of gunning their vehicle and the the what would you call this? Like the poles were coming up out of the ground to stop them. And they, they blew past them just in time, but then the cops chasing them ran into the, the barricade. Like that, that was pretty well done. I like a good narrow escape as much as anybody. Yeah.
0: So, Uh, so I like the scene with the, uh, the French police. I thought that was fun that, uh, that, you know, that Nicolas Cage talks about
1: Rousseau And the French police is like, oh, you know, so yeah, good use of, you know, defying American stereotypes about French people while like simultaneously playing into them and defying them in that they were snobby, but then immediately became friendly to the American that knew stuff about their culture.
0: Right. Um, And I thought it was a good continuing of the running gag where then uh, Justin Bartha's character has to pay the ticket for having the drone
1: yeah no that was good also the fact that he's annoyed again like because he's so insecure he's upset somehow that like they like nicholas cage even though he needs that to happen for them to get away right
0: yeah yeah um so i thought that scene was fun um again i think the cast is a silver lining here because it's a lot of great people um I really think I'm really surprised that Diane Diane Kruger has not become a bigger star because I think she's really terrific. Um I think she's excellent in, in Glorious Bastards. Um, yeah, yeah. I think she she's a bit underused in this movie, but you know Yeah, but that she has that level of performance in her and is very conventionally attractive. Yeah. Um, you know, like I I'm I would like to see more Diane Kruger in things. I sure. would say, yeah. Um, why not an adventure of her and Helen Mirren just lamenting about being put upon by the Gates boys and all the problems that they have to deal with? And they get their own spinoff movie. Let's do that movie.
1: But you still get Bruce Greenwood to be the president that they kid. Yes,
0: he is president. He ends up being president for
1: life in yeah. the in the National Treasure verse. Well, that's what that page forty-seven was about. It was about. <laughs> If, I have multiple if, terms as president, like more than two. As Bruce Greenwood, I am president for life. Yeah.
0: Um, I thought the scene where they were like booking the other historical sites. So the president had to book at Mount Vernon. That was kind of fun.
1: Well, the, again, and I, I think that's what was lacking from a lot of the movie is, like we said, uh, uh, most of the resolutions are too simple. And then it robs bf gates of feeling smart like you he should be the smartest guy in the room he and justin bartha like that should be their deal so you need more moments like that like that moment is great of like well how do we make the president be where we need him to be so that we can kidnap him without him knowing that that's what's happening like if more things like that happened instead of most things seem to be pretty conveniently easy for them
0: yeah, um, yeah. I, th- I think they didn't struggle enough. I think yes. that's a, just a general. Th- um, but at the same time, like we don't need the
1: hero's journey in this movie either. But I like, don't know. Like maybe Ed Harris shoots John Voight or something. I, I you know, like well, d- go there. Go, was, go, Last Crusade? Did,
0: there was a. Um, they ended up cutting it, but he did stab John Voight. See, and, so John, and they ended up leaving it out.
1: He should have stabbed John Voight.
0: Ed Harris should stab John Voight. I think if there's any walking away message we need from this movie, it's that Ed Harris Look, should stab John Voight. Yeah, that's really what the world needs now. Love, sweet love, and Ed Harris stabbing John
1: Voight. Yeah. So i I feel like we did it right. Like the,
0: those. Yeah. Are... So so let's recap what our silver linings are. Okay. Let's go through it. So we have. The cast. The cast, yeah. The cast in general, um, you know, sort of talked about to a lot of really, mm-hmm. really great actors. Some of them underused, but the cast, um, you can see a lot of people that are fun to watch on movies and see them do fun things. Yep. That's a silver lining. We have um, a couple of sort of fun hijinks yeah. moments, which is sort of why you watch a National Treasure movie, but it definitely delivers on some fun hijinks.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the arguments in particular, like the argument and the earring. Scene, the distractions. They were good. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know what? I'll give it this. This one's thin, but I'm just going to throw this out there. I like them bringing some awareness to Samuel Mudd because, uh, Yeah. fun fact, I grew up in Southern Maryland, uh, w- like within probably like a 10 to 15 minute drive from the Samuel Mudd house. Which is actually a landmark uh, near where I grew up. And I so like weirdly, I grew up knowing about knowing about Dr. Mudd. like i I learned about him from a young age, but i I do feel like most people don't know that there was a doctor who treated John Wilkes Booth because he was a doctor, and that's literally their thing and then was accused of being a co-conspirator, <laughs> like when he knew like it took years to like have his name cleared. Like people just assumed that he was in on the plot and he was not. He just treated John Wilkes Booth. The guy that got to play John, John Wilkes Booth, I liked him. He was good. I knew who he was immediately. Like that—that's good casting, just in general. Like, I mean, obviously context clues if they're at a theater, but like you cast him well. That I was like, no, that's John Wilkes Booth for sure. Even before he goes to the the
0: opera box at the Ford's Theater, right? Like he, yeah, like when, when he's it's clear
1: when it's clear Bill what's Gates. happening. Yeah, like it's like that dude's. Yeah, that dude's Booth. it's definitely booth i kind of thought there was gonna there wasn't right did i i didn't miss this did i but like i almost thought it was gonna be revealed that ed harris was related to john wilkes booth but that was never actually said right
0: that was never no it was never
1: never said didn't that feel like that's where we were
0: heading like i just kept expecting it it one would think yeah um something like that and he's like i need to clear my great-great-grandfather's good name No, he murdered the president.
1: You're not going to do that. There's no... You could find a hundred cities of gold, but it's not going to fix it. It's not going to fix that
0: your great-great-grandpappy murdered Abe Lincoln.
1: Yeah. But, like, yeah, I... I That's why I was like, let me just double-check that I... Because I was so convinced that was going to be the thing.
0: It did seem like they were heading to something like that.
1: Yeah. And so, like, for it not to happen, I was like, oh, okay. All right. Sure. He's he's Um, just a guy that wants to find a city of gold. That works. So, yeah. So, I think we did it. Yeah, I think uh, if you're ready, I'll just go ahead and hit him with our famous sign-off. Do it. We motorboat the sum of bitch.
0: Silver Linings Playback is a production of Hobotrashcan.com. If you enjoyed the show, please rate or review it on Apple Podcasts. Hear more great shows on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network, like
1: this one. We have to ask. It's a podcast where we answer the question, are you going to eat that? What will you leave behind? Why get out of bed? Will you be our
0: neighbor? I'm Marty. And I'm Jonathan. We're two hosts. Infinite universes. We, we have, have to there. ask. New interviews every Tuesday.
1: Find us on iTunes or online at wehavetoask.com or with the other great podcasts on the Peak Sloth Network at peaksloth.com.